The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing Hello, everybody. This is Dave, and welcome to the Boston Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... All the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, you're all here with us today on the Boston Podcast, the show where we tell the stories of our city, the stories of our city through the voices of our city. I'm a little under the weather today. I don't know if you can hear that. I had a rough night of sleep. I'm just going to keep complaining for the next 20, 35 minutes or so and see how it affects the ratings of the show. Now, um, today is the day. It's it's Monday. I'm here with my guest uh, author, Matt Robinson. Matt, thank you for joining us. Hey, great to be here, David. Thank you. So I want to commiserate with Matt, although Matt was uh, brave and uh, braved the elements today. It was the first snowfall yesterday, and um, everybody freaked, of course. And there's like, and it was like, it's like no big deal. No yeah, one's on the road. We're, we're from here. We know what it's like. Yeah, exactly. It's um, you know, but the, even some people that have been here for years and years, they're still like, oh, I don't know how the roads are going to be. I don't know how the roads are going to be. And you know, usually the roads are fine, people. Okay, but maybe I shouldn't broadcast that maybe i should just leave it the way it is because it was kind of nice driving in today with uh, nobody on the roads matt is uh the author of lions tigers and bulldogs that's a ron burgundy moment there with the question mark um <laughs> an unofficial so it is lions tigers and bulldogs the unofficial guide to the legends and the lore of the ivy league and i'm psyched to talk about this because i as i just revealed to matt i'm a pennsylvania quaker highball. myself yeah drink a highball at nightfall um and uh, so we're going to get into that. Before we do, I want to tell you about our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service. And by the way, kids, they're hiring for the holiday season, $18 an hour for normal seasonal work from November through January. Please apply usps.com slash careers. For further info, you can email them at greaterbostonhiring at usps.gov. With any questions, come join the U.S. Postal Service. Make a little extra scratch for the holiday season, kids. Yo, yeah, I almost said yo, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. It serves, uh, serves me right, the Jewish kid trying to make a Christmas joke. Anyway, so um, let's, uh, let's start out with a little session we call Burning Questions, which Matt is completely unprepared for. I'm going to pepper him with some questions about, I don't know, mascots and stuff like that. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Just one more thing. I have a riddle for you. Answer the question. All right. So you shared with me that you wrote this book out of love or fascination of college mascots. Yes. Right. Okay. So what is uh, these these uh, thrilling questions are in no particular order? What um, what's your what's the weirdest college mascot out there? I think the one that most people know is uh, the UC Santa Barbara Banana Slugs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now, do you know, do they have a mascot that is, a banana slug is like a pepper or something, isn't it? I, I think it's like a relative of, the, the t-shirt has the, like, it looks like a snail. Okay, yeah, so but it I is mean, an animal you know, of some truth sort. Truth be told, a fighting Quaker is oxymoronic, if not strange, hey, but yo, beloved. Back off on my Quakers. Hey. Um, but yes, it was. it is weird. Uh, and our, our mascot was a human dude. Now with, it has with, a head. Oh, 
Yeah. He, uh, the Quaker has a head now. Okay. Yeah. Well, good to know. Um, but that was that was the main difference when I when I was growing up. My dad went to Brown, and we would go to the football games, and there was the mascot, the bear, with the full bodysuit, and no one knew who it was, and whoever it was was just wild and free and uninhibited, and I just fell in love with it. it right, terrific. right. Um, so, what? Um, give give me an example of the your your favorite or a notable antic that a mascot engages in. I think you know what I mean by that. Well, at, at Brown, they used to um, pass the mascot from. You know, when the when the when on the rare occasions when the stands were full, they would pass the mascot from the front row to the back row. Really, like, like before body surfing was a big thing. And so that's a bear, as yeah. as uh, we discover in your book, of course. Right. And um, so yeah, I w- I always wonder whether that mascot person enjoyed that moment, or or maybe <laughs> I mean, you know, you get um, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of drunken college students, uh, you know, literally with your life in their hands, and what could possibly go wrong mm. on a uh, on a cement cement stadium stairs. Right. right, exactly. So uh, the mascot, um, actually, you know what? I, I just saw um, a clip over the weekend of a mascot, and I, I'm going to forget what school it was, but it was a college, and the the uh, player went up for a, a ball in the end zone and caught it, and but the, the defender was also trying to rip the ball away at the same time. They end up on the ground, and honest to God, the mascot comes over and starts trying to get his paw in there because I'm pretty sure it was a lion. <laughs> So um, the mascot mascot can be a, a rough job, I guess. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I remember uh, when I was at Penn, uh, there was the St. Joe's uh, Hawks, which was yeah. a school nearby. Mm-hmm. And apparently the person in the suit was on scholarship, but they had to keep their arms flapping the entire game. Or at least one arm, one, yes. one of the wings. Right. Yes. My, um, my wife at the time had a cousin named uh, Nemanja Petrovich, who was uh, his name would suggest an import from Croatia. But my uh, my wife's uncle had um, taken him in and sort of a, became his adoptive American family. And so we used to go to a lot of those St. Joe's games. And St. Joe's is a school you, you usually don't hear a lot about, but they made some noise recently. Phil Martelli, I think, has stepped down, but he was the longtime sort of um, scraggly old coach. And that poor hawk I used to watch, yeah, flapping both wings. So he's wearing these, they're not heavy wings, thank goodness, but the entire game. And so, and the, although he would allow himself moments where only one wing was flapping. I have one of his feathers. I stole it one day. You did? I did. I was in the, I, was in the, I wrote halftime shows for the band and I snuck up behind him and pulled the feather out. Really? Yeah, so I have, still have it around somewhere. <laughs> any any other mascot memorabilia in your collection? Uh, just you know, I mean, uh, being on the field with uh, with our pep band, uh, the brown bear, uh, you know, kind of full, coming full circle, came on the field while we were performing, which is apparently verboten according to the uh, the many great rules of uh, Ivy League bands. Yeah. And uh, one of my colleagues pulled his head off and like <laughs> threw it across the field. And so the next time when we came to when we came to Brown, he was walking around with his hands on his neck the whole time, so we could, no one could do it again. Oh my goodness! See, that's that you know mascot violence. I don't, I'm not a proponent of that, but but <laughs> it's that, all in fun. It, it, well, hopefully, it's all in fun. <laughs> my um my brother Adam in in high school had an incident with the mascot. Um, he was on the Sharon High uh, football team, which was a, a team that was very sparse, and Sharon's just not a football town. And at one point during the season, they they canceled the season because they didn't have enough kids. Then there was a rallying cry. They put them back on, and it became sort of the little team that could story. Now, they didn't win a game, so they, the little team that, made, that actually couldn't, but still, it was a, there was a lot of pride around it. They had a pep rally, and so the Sharon's mascot is the eagle, and they have the 
typical eagle head, you know, and it was a, it was a young lady who was in there during the pep rally. The, the Eagles on stage, you know, in the auditorium, uh, flapping and clapping, and Adam gets called up on stage. He jumps up, and he's exhorting the crowd, and everyone's cheering. He runs over to the Eagle just in a moment of exuberance and, like, kind of clotheslines the Eagle. And, and but, but the poor girl didn't see it coming. She she falls down. I think she might have gotten a black eye out of the, the deal, too, which was, was pretty sad. It, it, it was a, a funny moment, but um, mascot violence, you know. Yeah. yeah was that I, with, the, with the, the race they have at the um – as a Pittsburgh with the pierogies and someone like like kneecapped one of the pierogies with a baseball bat or something. Oh like that. wow! Yeah. I guess the fix was in. Yeah, yeah are you pro or con those uh, those races? Um, I think they're kind of fun. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, I, I see them more as a, a minor league thing, kind of to get the crowd in. I mean, if that's what yep. it takes to get the crowd involved in a baseball game, MLB baseball game, you probably want to look elsewhere on the team. But, yeah, well, know. minor leagues and apparently the Washington Nationals because yeah. they do, they do it too. So they do with a huge. The, the four presidents, presidents right, yeah, from Mount Rushmore. right, exactly. Which is always, it, I gotta admit, I enjoy. It. I went to a Nationals game this year with my son, and it was one of the highlights. Now, have you seen what they do in Atlanta with the? I think they call him the Flash. No. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, so they get a guy in a blue suit. He looks um, suspiciously like Frozone, the Frozone character from The Incredibles, but I think they call him the Flash. And it's the guy is he. I think he was an employee of the of the team and suggested this stunt where he would start in the outfield like at one you know corner of the outfield and then they would bring a fan on the field to try to beat him but the fan gets uh, a head start of like half the field like it looked seemingly like um immeasurable head start and inevitably the the flash comes and passes him at the last minute and beats him. It's kind of a cool stunt. Yeah, wow. There was one dude who was winning and thought he had it, and he kind of put his hands up in the air, and then he tripped, and the flash goes flying <laughs> by. <laughs> um, okay, well, you have acquitted yourself well in burning questions, Matt. We, we can move on. Hey. Um, let me uh, take just one moment to remind you about our sponsor, U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the nation. Offering pay training and ways to move up. Apply today. USPS.com slash careers is where you go. And also a shout out to our friends at Adori. They are our podcast platform. If you don't have the Adori app, um, if you like the bells and whistles, I know you do, check it out. Go to the app store, Adori, A-D-O-R-I. Your podcast will come to life, all kinds of images and stuff, and we'll put um, a link. So you could be you could be buying Matt's book right now if you're on the Adori app. It, you could actually be doing it if you're not on the Adori app, admittedly, but, um, but do it on the Adori app. Throw us a bone. So um, Lions, Tigers... And Bulldogs, and uh, the website, by the way, is I'm just going to repeat myself, but that's what it is. It's Lions Tigers. Well, actually, it's Lions Tigers Bulldogs dot com. Lions Tigers Bulldogs dot com. Not going to spell it. You people know how to spell. Um, so yeah, you, we uh, tell me the full story of how you came up with the uh, the idea for this. All right, well, uh, as I said, when I was when I was young, I used to go to the Brown Harvard games with my dad. And I love the bear. Now, fact, now, your dad went to Brown? Yeah. Okay. Dad went to Brown. Yeah. He had a lot of friends who went to Harvard, so we'd either go to Cambridge or Providence. And, you know, the football wasn't much to speak of, so I just kind of fell in love with the bear. Harvard didn't. Harvard had their big drum, but they, you know, they're crimson. They don't really have a mascot. Well, yeah. it turns out they did, and they do, but it's kind of not as prominent. So anyway, um, I fell in love with the bear, and it kind of stuck with me. And I just kind of got this this thing where you name a school and I could name the mascot. I still am pretty good at matching them up if you gave me a quiz. But Really? Um, All right, we'll do that later. Yeah, it just yeah. kind of stuck with me. And it was I had ideas for a book. And it was, it was going to be kind of a children's book, kind of like those, you know, my first Fenway and thing, or the ABCs of Red Sox type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was on my computer, on my computer. And I've, you know, I've been a, a journalist and um, a PR guy. 
and a teacher for 20 years. And so, you know, the, the paid gigs would come in and I always kind of had to back burner any personal projects. But uh, about eight, nine years ago, my dad was diagnosed with uh, frontal temporal dementia and started to, you know, lose him in pieces. And I started to get nervous about my own mental facility, especially being a writer. And I said, you know what, one of these books has to see the light of day. So I basically promised my dad that I would have something published by uh, what would have been his 80th birthday, which was this, wow. past, this past August, and um, took about five years. Um, I had a publisher. Things didn't go well with the publisher. I ended up self-publishing. And uh, three weeks before uh, my dad's birthday, uh, the box arrived with the books. And, you know, it's, um, it was really gratifying, a little bittersweet. I actually brought a copy up to my dad's gravesite and gave, gave him the first copy, which mm-hmm. was, which was an emotional day. But um, it's been fun, and uh, I presented it in September at New England Mobile Book Fair. Um, and they've asked me to come back on um, this Saturday, uh, the seventh at one o'clock. Just to, I'll be just sitting in front with the book, and I have I made this trivia game. I call it Trivia with Ivy questions, and people nice. can can win a copy. And um, hopefully, uh, they'll come by and check it out. Yeah, so that's this Saturday, one o'clock, New England Mobile Book. Where is the New England Mobile Book? On, on Needham Street, Newton. It's uh, anybookfair.com. It's where the it's in the center that used to have Marshalls, so across from the new Marshalls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the book it looks really cool. Now it is. It sort of looks like a children's book. Are you are you marketing it as a children's book per se? Or? I kind of see it more for you know alumni, for hopeful students. A lot of like college counselors have been picking up copies. Um, uh, school libraries, things of that sort, apparently have been ordering it. Uh, so you know, I, I want to make it kind of family friendly. It's all factoids and trivia, so the information is is cute and fun. My my seven year old daughter actually read it and uh it was really a sweet moment she i was working up in my office and she came up after her bedtime and said daddy i just read your book it's good <laughs> so that great. was that was the best review i've gotten that's, so apparently kids great. can't handle it but you know it's just uh, it has the history of the league and how the name came and then you know interesting facts of uh, famous buildings famous graduates things that were created or invented at the various schools uh just it's like a two-page spread for each school and, um, and, you know, so just, it was, it was really fun to do the research and I'm thinking about a volume two. There's just so much fun information about the, about these schools. That back, you would return to the Ivy league. I was thinking, well, maybe the seven sisters, you know, maybe give the, give the ladies their due, but, uh, we'll uh, see. What's what, I don't know what that is. The, the seven, seven sisters yeah. were, um, like Harvard had Radcliffe and Brown had Pembroke. Yeah. And then there were schools like Bryn Mawr in, 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 in Pennsylvania. Right. And I think Vassar and Mount Holyoke that were schools just for women because at right. first, of course, the Ivies were, were, were men's schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do it for, you could just start branching out to other conferences. Oh, I, mean, sure. I know the Ivy League is near and dear to your heart um, and, your, and your departed dads, which is, by the way, I, if I didn't say it, that's just a tremendous, what a great reason to write a book. And uh, this is a cool, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, I sound like a marketing dude myself, um, uh, stocking stuffer. You know, yeah. this, is, this is a cool gift for anyone you know who attended the Ivy League, the they got the you know he's got all the mascots in front, wonderfully illustrated. Who did the illustration? Oh, uh, so his name uh, Jim Rolden. He's a he's yeah. an art teacher up in New Hampshire, and um, uh, I had been working with a publisher who actually does books about mascots, but uh, things went a little bit awry with that relationship, and I was kind of running out of time, so I just sent an email out to my fellow auth- independent authors, and Jim was recommended, and we went with it, and he, yeah, he did really great work. 
it's it's just um, very inviting. You you want to pick up this book and, and check out all the factoids. Do you have a favorite little factoid or something that you unearthed in, in researching it? Uh, the chicken McNugget was apparently invented at Cornell. <laughs> or the, wow. yeah, the chicken nugget. I guess we can't say McNugget because right. that's, that's licensed. Um, but yeah, the chicken nugget was invented at Cornell, and the original uh, brown mascot was a burro, but it got scared of the of the ch- fans cheering, so they had to get rid of it and change to the bear. It was an actual. It was an actual burro. Bur- it was okay. a white burro that had a little brown saddle on it. Okay. And apparently, they brought it out on the field, and it got frightened by the cheering and the. The noise of the game, and so they had to retire it. That's right funny. Quick. Yeah. That's funny. Now the the I know. So I should be able to name all. Columbia is the the Lions. Yes. Um, we talked about Penn. Yale is the Bulldogs on. It, but in the title of your book, I, I mentioned this already. Lions, Tiger, and Bulldogs? Question mark. So I think I might know why, because the Bulldog is is sort of like on the sweaters and the sweatshirts and everything. But aren't they the Eli's? Yeah, Eli Yale found Eli yeah. Yale found it. But I, I did Bulldogs because I didn't want to do Lions, Tigers, and Bears and get uh, MGM after me. So. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. Yeah. You got the Cornell Big Red Bear, which if you're a fan of the TV show The Office, that was Andy Bernard's uh, favorite mascot, which he kept the bobblehead on his desk. Um uh, although Cornell, big red. Uh, it's the big red. Touchdown, the, the bear big, is unofficial. The bear is unofficial. Yeah. And, and Dartmouth, now this is this is perplexing me because Dartmouth I always thought was just big green. It is big green. Okay. And we've got an elk or a, a, a moose. moose. The moose is unofficial. They, they okay. also have a keggy the keg, but of course I couldn't <laughs> use that. Uh, they were the, the Indians because it was created for Native American students, but that's obviously a controversial topic too. So we, yeah. went, we went with a moose to represent them, even though it's also not official. Well, since you are an expert on mascots, I should ask you, where do you stand on the remaining um, controversial mascots that are out there? And the, the biggest is, is I guess, the pro team, the Washington, uh, Washington Redskins, which they refuse to change it, I guess. Yeah, I guess. It's, what's it called? The, the, the Washington Sadness Machine? That, yeah. What's, what yeah, is it? That's what uh, Jason Gay from the Wall Street Journal calls them, the Washington Sadness Machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, 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 think, I think it's kind of, uh, kind of uh, offensive that our, you know, our, our national team is so hypocritically named, you know, yeah, yeah. and we're talking about how countries are occupying other countries when we're really the, the biggest defenders in the country. Yeah, and it's, I guess it usually comes down to the owner, Snyder, is kind of a stubborn guy, and, and he, he still thinks of himself as like an iconoclast and all that, But and the fans love their Redskins, but you know what? <laughs> I mean, it's one thing. I can see why some teams have kept the Indians like we... Um, I do a podcast with uh, my buddy Sug, and he is pr- a proud Braintree Womp. My Womp is short for Wampa Noag. Wampa Noag, yeah. yeah, and which is an Indian tribe. And th- there has been calls to change it, but there's confusion because it's not necessarily a negative thing, right? right? I think Redskin is not one of the best terms. Well, that's where I was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Redskin is. You can just imagine the the version of that. If you're, you know, for for other races, you know, um, and so that that's, yeah. To me, it's like get over it, change it, and after a couple of years, you know, no one's gonna no one's gonna remember practically. Um, so uh, yeah, the moose, that's silly moose. We used to we used to chant, um, and maybe you did too. Big. Big, big green what? Big green what? Yeah, big yeah. green what? Big green what? My my wife's actually a greenie, so I have to. I've learned to be more respectful. Oh, <laughs> whole lot ivy in your family. Whole lot. Never All right. did it. Well, I'll give you a little quiz, mm. and then um, and 
I don't know how deep we want to go because, like, there's a list of college nick. Now, there's nicknames and there's mascots. They're not always the same. Yeah, they're not always the right, same. Right. But the nickname is usually the one you. Well, I'm going with nicknames. Okay. So you've been warned. Okay. All right. So let's um, let's start with something easy. Um, God, there are so many colleges. Um, I, and my son applied to like half of these. I think. <laughs> All right. The easiest one, like uh, Arizona. Uh, Arizona is the Wildcats. Right. Yeah, give them a thing. Yeah. Um, and when in doubt, just guess Wildcats, or, yeah, right? right. <laughs> Cats. Do, do you know how many Wildcats there are? There probably, it's, it's pretty prominent. There's probably dozens. Yeah. Um, well, that, that was the thing that surprised me is that you know these were the, some of the earliest schools in the country, and yet they have some of the most comp, like Lions, Tigers, Bears are so common. Yeah. And then, you know, Harvard Crimson and Cornell Red. I mean, you couldn't think of something other than a – it seemed like they would have something more original. Yeah. And they had almost a blank slate, especially Harvard. <laughs> they had yeah. first dibs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, the thing is, it's actually f- a fun um, a practice, a fun person. What, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It, uh, exercise to try to come up with a nickname like from scratch. So, you know, if um, if the Redskins wanted to change their name to something, you know, they could look back into the history of things that happened with no, no dearth of history in, in the, the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, I never liked Senators as a name. You know, that that was the old baseball team. Nationals is fine. I forget <laughs> how they settled on that. When I, when I was at Milton Academy, we didn't, we literally didn't have a nickname. We were the, they sometimes called us the pumpkin heads, or, but it was just Milton Academy. And so when I was there, there was a, a contest to come up with an actual name. And the name they settled on was Mustang, in part because... Paul Revere had allegedly ridden the Mustang through Milton as part of his wild ride. I don't know. It, no one could seem to verify if that was actually true, if it was actually a Mustang. No, it's also <laughs> alliterative. You know, a lot of schools will. That, that was that was, I think, the really the driving force. But you know, you can go back and and try to find something about the history of that area, and that becomes the the name. They they did a somebody did a survey of um, <clears throat> NBA. Team name teams and which was the best and the, the one that voted best was the Trailblazers for Portland which is when you think about it it's really good it's it's got a ring to it it's it speaks to the area I assume it's an homage to Lewis and Clark or the, the Oregon Trail or yeah. the Oregon Trail or whatever yeah. I don't know my American history so. <laughs> anyway all right uh, a few more here okay. let's see um, the this is another easy one mm. I'm warming up here Cle- uh, Clemson Clemson University Tigers you get that one right how about Canisius Oh, geez. Canisius. Uh, it's got to be like, uh, I, I really don't know. I'm guessing like it's the last name of a famous graduate or something. Well, it might be, but no, actually it's not. Sorry. Uh, um, so it's the it's the Golden Griffins. Ah, so, that'll be my next book. The, the, well, the reason why I know that one, my son's name is Griffin, ah. and which is also the nickname of William and Mary, I believe, or at least it's the, the, the mascot. Like now i got to look up William and Mary. It's going to bother me. But his name is Griffin, and so, but a Griffin is a mythical a myth, beast. Right, exactly. Now, I don't know why it's golden. A lot of these, they just, you just add gold to anything. Makes and, it regal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, you'll know this one, I think. The, how about Williams College? Uh, the the elves the f's or their mascot's a cow you, purple cow oh excellent yeah, yeah. you got Ephraim Ephraim Williams I think oh was okay the yeah, yeah it's the f's e p h s that's yeah. just weird um yeah my, one of my how about the Hawaii University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors very good yeah give me another thing um that's that's <laughs> that's one of my favorites 
William and Mary is, let's see, William Penn, I can't even find it. Um, one, one of the interesting things I found is that, you know, talking about the schools with the colors, is that Harvard, again, being, you know, the first college in the, in the, in the United States, Crimson was not, apparently not their first choice. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Union has Scarlet because they beat Harvard in, I think, a crew race. They used to fight, they used to compete for the school, you know, like how, like, the soccer players trade shirts at the end of a game. Yeah. So, apparently, Union... Uh, beat out Harvard for Scarlet, which was their first choice, and then Penn actually beat Yale and Harvard in a track meet, which is why we are red and blue. We is, took we took both of their colors. So Crimson right? was apparently the, their third option. Wow, <laughs> that that's that that's insane. Yeah, the Scarlet has a nice ring to it. Well, I think of the isn't Rutgers the Scarlet Knights? Scarlet Knights, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and North End of our high school. Oh, is it really? <laughs> which makes no sense whatsoever, no. I'm sure. But yeah, the. Uh, yeah, the the colors are funny because every college wants to have their own unique look and uniform, but there are only so many colors in the in the in the spectrum, right? Well, actually, it's you know because I, I learned that Columbia blue is Pantone two ninety, which is also at Johns Hopkins and the Denver Nuggets. So they actually patent, wow. they actually have in their handbook yeah. what what the exact shade is that must be used on all school paraphernalia. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Whereas other schools kind of, uh, you know, somewhere in the, in the color family, it's good enough for them. Yeah. <laughs> now you, if your book is accurate, you're a graduate of Penn from 1996. Did yes. I read that right? Yes. Okay. Um, what were your, what do you remember? And I'll throw mine out to it, it. Other than the weird Quaker guy walking around, um, the uh, traditions, like at the at the football game. Well, of course, there's throwing toast at the third at, at, when we sing. Drink, here's a toast to dear old Penn. We throw toast on the field, and we have a toast bony, which picks it up, uh, much to the chagrin oh, of, I, our, of our other schools we visit is, because yeah. they don't have one and they have to use a rake. Wow! So I didn't know um, about this the toast bony. I don't think we had that when yeah. I was there. We had, it's a modified zamboni, and it actually used to. It's basically like a street vacuum, and it would go around the edge of the field and pick up the toast. Bef- so before the fourth quarter commenced that's classic yeah yeah so we had that so I'll, I'll try to call it the song because it's um you know just kind of a classic uh fight song it's, it's called drink a highball and this is probably like some weird live version of it but it's a, now you can hear the, the roar of the crowd at franklin field the oldest uh double decker stadium in the country and largest that's right some people, I'm looking at the video, some people are already throwing the toast. Yeah, they, the freshmen don't know how to wait. And then it goes, oh, Pennsylvania, oh, yeah. Yeah. drink a highball and be jolly. And here it comes. Here's, Here's a, a toast, toast to dear old Penn. And the toast, the toast rains down. Yep. There are... There were always, there was a couple of funny things about that. One, I always laughed. Somebody always had like a full loaf of bread that they would just chuck the entire <laughs> yeah. the entire loaf of bread. The other thing that that does not hold up well is there's a line earlier in the song that says tonight let's all be gay and the students used to extend their pinky finger in in sort of mocking fashion yes maybe they don't do that anymore do you recall that not that i recall <laughs> no, we, we had other words that got changed for uh, for uh, apparently allegedly you know humorous intent but uh that didn't always work well hang hang jeff davis is the other song one of the other songs that they play in 
hang Jeff Davis from the summer apple tree. Yeah, and then McKenzie to the bottom of the sea. Yeah. She's my And so the, the song says, listen to any my ice, telephone. Any ice today, lady? No, no. giddy up. Giddy yeah, up. giddy up changed. Right. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a part of the song where you're supposed to exclaim giddy up, but the, the students always, it's a podcast we can square, they always would scream, fuck you. And I, we, I never knew why until probably later in life when I, you know, looked it up, but... Actually, you know what? I don't know why. We, we, I didn't, didn't just college, find that. College students being college students. I guess Giddy Up wasn't good enough. Um, so I remember the band. Tell me what you remember about the, well, the I was, band. I was in the band. Oh, I, you are? Okay. Yeah, I, I, oh, wrote geez, the, I wrote the halftime shows, and I played I played the big drum uh, for about two years. Wow. And that, that was just fun, you know, because we, we, especially when the mascot had a human head, they couldn't be that wild. But when you had a big drum, people sure got out of your way. So <laughs> we could run all over the place. Uh, I remember the drum line, we wouldn't go on with everyone else because of our big instruments. They didn't want us crashing into people. Right. So I organized us, and we would do um, the uh, the Jets entry dance from West Side Story nice. on the sidelines. So that was, you know, we just, we just, it was just silly and goofy. It was, Penn was the wackiest band. No, well, I think Columbia reason. was because they, okay. they, 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 they had a guy playing a, 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 a squeeze mop, mm-hmm. uh, an inflatable <laughs> guitar. So yeah, they just, you know, uh, uh, um, Cornell is the actually only official band with the drum major and the big hats and things right. like that. They're, they're a real band. They're, everyone else was kind of called scramble bands where they just run around and be goofy. Yeah, and that's literally how the performance would begin. Would be, be now here's the Penn Band and you would see as many as probably a hundred. Do you remember how many were in yeah, the Yeah, we, we had pretty big. Yeah, yeah, the huge, the enormous, the well-endowed, oxymoronic University of Pennsylvania fighting Quaker marching band. <laughs> I love it because it, it, it the, the traditional... Uh, picture of a college band is that of organization precision. and discipline yeah. and precision yeah. and the drums are just so and I don't know when the tradition developed but every, all four years I was at Penn the band was just wacky and it was all about um, you know whoever was on the microphone was directing everybody would pepper the whole performance with jokes and things like that yeah tell me what else you, you remember well, I, just, I remember um uh, Harvard did their halftime show in Latin, so then we did ours in <laughs> Polish, and then Brown did theirs in German. And um, one one of my proudest achievements was we were we were playing Fordham, and uh, they're a Catholic school, of course, mm-hmm. uh, right over the river. And I made a joke: uh, we didn't know how to get here. Should we row or wade? <laughs> and we actually got a a letter from the Monsignor telling us that he was not impressed, and I got a standing ovation from the band. There's your rim shot. Thank you. Um, here all week. That's that. That's 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 tremendous. But yeah, what I, sometimes it was whatever was going on in the news. Like um, I remember when I was at college, it was the it was the late night wars were going on TV. You know, uh, Johnny Carson versus. Uh, I forget what Letterman, the whole thing was. Yeah, Letterman. well, the whole thing was, it, uh, or maybe it was Joan. Joan Rivers and Johnny were in a feud, okay. and so the the band was like, "So who do you like? You know, Joan or Johnny?" And then the the band spells out Dave for letter for Letterman <laughs> right. because every college student watched David Letterman. So right. it's like whatever. Yeah. So um, and the the big drum. So was <laughs> I mean, how often did you rehearse? I'm just wondering how much of a well, plan well, there was. Once a week, we you know we okay. would go out like uh, really late at night. Uh, well, we had one rehearsal in our stu- you know in our band room, and then when like Thursday night, I think we would go out on the field really late after everyone else was gone and run through the the formations a couple times and do the rehearse the whole show mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah and then on Saturdays we would get up early uh, go play in all the dorms wake everybody up you know stop if uh, if it was like homecoming we'd stop by the alumni center in front mm-hmm. of College Hall and do a little concert and then we would just pile in and sit in our section and 
you know, we would play when there was a timeout, when there was a, you know, we had little rimshotty type things when there was a penalty on the other team or what have you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, about two minutes before halftime, we'd all line up on the side of the field and they would announce us and it was magic time. Do you, did you still do the thing where it used to be when we scored, uh, I think, a touchdown or any point, the... There were push-ups involved, yeah. the, so the Quaker has to do the push-ups. The Quaker, and they, well, I don't think they do it now because the big head gets in the way. But it okay. was the cheerleaders did the push-ups, definitely. Cheerleaders did the push-ups, and then and I we would just I would just hit the drum for every point. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I kind of kept the pace. Oh, excellent! <laughs> what did your job? You one job to torture, do, torture the torture the the cheerleaders by hitting it fast. And then they would take the Quaker and run him to the goalpost and kind of uh, s- such that his groin area was smashed into the goalpost. I, I assume he was wearing a cup of, of some if, if appropriate, yes. <laughs> right. Um, so once again, Lions, Tigers, Bulldogs. I'm sorry. Let me get it right. Lions, Tigers, and Bulldogs. Is the name of the book. Is the name and of the Lions, book. Lions, Tigers, Thank you. Bulldogs. Sorry, there's, com there's the a book. large truck going by the Pod 617 Studios. Usually we don't hear, hear that, but mm. um, probably a sand truck, salt truck. And uh, so you can get it at Lions, Tigers, Bulldogs.com. Or you can drop by at the book fair on Saturday. And I'm also going to be at Staples in Dedham next Wednesday. Uh, they're kicking off their, it's called Staples Spotlight. It's a new speaker series. And I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about what it's like being a self published author and a little bit more about the process that went into the book. and. So, uh, you know, I'd love to have people come by, check it out. I'll have copies of the book there. Uh, like, like Dave nicely said, it is a great, great gift for people who are in the Ivies or, yes. or who are waiting for that big envelope to come. <laughs> yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a couple copies. I think my, yep. and I got my, uh, I got my, one of my 30th reunion. How friggin' old am I? Uh, yeah. See, I, I, I was class of 90. So, uh, yeah, do the math. That's Coming 30. Up. Oh boy! <laughs> Maybe I'll bring a couple to the uh, reunion. People get a kick out of it. But um, so Lions Tigers, but yeah. And let me ask you before we go. We're a little bit up against the clock, but before we go, tell me about uh, self publishing because I'm I'm one of these people that's always threatening to write a book, and it's all written in my head. It just doesn't exist anywhere else. You know, like I said, if uh, you know, I kind of had odd circumstances. Uh, everything it, the I, book ideas, my personal projects had always been backburnered behind the paying gigs. But once I started it, you know, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, you have to, you know, I'm, I'm, you're, you're a one man shop. I'm marketing it. You're writing it. You're design. You have to really have a vision in your head. You have to know what you want it to look like. Right. And, and even though publishers may say, change this to blue, change this to pink, you just got to be true to yourself. That's really the main point I'm going to make at, at my presentation at Staples is keep your vision in mind and just, uh, have a, I had a couple uh, of close friends who were also writers that I would send copies to, uh, but I really kept the, the circle tight because it can get overwhelming. There's so many people who have an opinion, and it can really just wear you out. So I, I kept the circle tight and tried to maintain my vision, and, and I'm, I'm really happy with the results. And people, people say they love it, so hopefully uh, more people will, will love it. I'm looking at the book, but it's face up, so I can't see the back right now. But uh, did you do any testimonials or anything like that? Or? Uh, I have some on the website because uh, okay. the, the book came out before before people too many people had seen it. All right, yeah, you need to get that hot yeah. off the presses. Right, um, lions, tigers, and bulldogs. Awesome. All right, so I hope you had fun, Matt. Absolutely, um, this is great. Yeah, and oh well, before we go, did. Uh, it, you said you have some trivia. You'll have some trivia armed and ready for people. Oh, yeah. At, so can you throw me a question or two? Um, I don't know. A lot of them were just like, you know, uh, which of these people actually graduated? Um, where was this created? You know, uh, I, have, I have different categories. I have like sports. I have famous first, things like that. And people, and what I did at the other event is if people named, uh, answered five questions, they want a, want a copy of the book. Nice. So I'll All have right. that. I'll have that handy if people are are interested in uh, testing their knowledge or learning some things that aren't necessarily in the book. 
a lot of the famous graduates of Penn um, have have fallen upon shame in the years after they graduated. Like <laughs> Michael Milken was the, the one I remember. It well, was there's a, a certain guy in, uh, with with uh, with kind of painted red hair and red skin. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> what what's his name? Now, anyway. did he 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 went to Wharton. the Wharton School for uh, you got a business degree there? Yeah. and yeah, and I can tell you in. Steinberg Dietrich Hall. When I was there, his his portrait hung proudly. Well, actually, now and one of my fraternity brothers has it in his apartment. No. Yeah. Oh, come on. No. Some it was bolted to the wall, and right. somehow he has got got it got it really? off. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's tremendous. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, not, there, may, there may be another copy now, but anyway, <laughs> not out of affectation for our president. Or is it was he, he, it was many. You know, this was when I was still there. So uh, oh, things, things way, were Yeah, this yeah, is when you know before. the Taj Mahal was being built in Atlantic City. Oh, so they replaced it. I imagine. I'm after. sure. I'm yeah. Sure. yeah. Or maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> but Penn Penn did, I think, officially wash its hands of Trump at one point during his campaign. Do you remember that? Or no? Well, you know, we only have one other president, and he died after what four days in office. Was it Harris Harrison? I think. He, oh. He Caught, caught pneumonia because he, he went was, to Penn. Yeah, William Har- William Henry I, I think Harrison? It was Harrison or Tyler. <laughs> what, I can't. I drawn a blank. No, well Harrison was the one who yeah. died yeah, in eighteen Har- days or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoke too long at his inaugural. Caught pneumonia. <laughs> caught a cold and died. So not not a, not as let's say not as strong a history as Harvard and Yale in terms of the the White House, but. Yeah. Oh well, we, we have we have our famous people too. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. My memories of Penn just strolling through the halls with uh, saluting Donald Trump, and then at our graduation, one of the honorary degrees we gave was to Bill Cosby. Right. So um, <laughs> nice touch there, Penn. Of course, years and years ago, Jello pudding. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Not. Yeah. That's that. That used to be um, sort of affectionate way of looking at <laughs> Bill Cosby. Now maybe maybe not as much fun. Uh, so once again, LionsTigersBulldogs.com is where you go to get the book. Also, you can see Matt in person, the great Matt Robinson, at uh, this Saturday, one o'clock, New England Mobile Book Fair. And I already forgot that's in, it's in uh, Newton. Newton. Uh, Look yep. it up, people. AnyBookFair.com. AnyBookFair.com. And at the Dedham Staples on Wednesday, December eleventh. What time is that? Business uh, like six on? to eight, I think. Okay, that's more of a formal presentation. Excellent. Should be fun. Cool. And thanks for being on the Boston Podcast. Thank if you, Dave. You're welcome. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. And um, except, um, you know, I, I say that just out of out of courtesy. I actually, <laughs> um, you know, if you come back again, you got to bring free books or something. Yep. I don't know. Um, no, I'm kidding. A highball. That's what you need to bring. And we can oh, drink a highball and throw some toast around the studio. Pod617.com produces this podcast. We produce all kinds of podcasts here in our Westwood studios. If you're interested, go to the website. You could be the next big podcast star. Thanks again to our podcast partner, Adori. Download the Adori app, A-D-O-R-I, on your phone, wherever you download your apps, people. And thanks to U.S. Postal Service, usps.com slash careers. Go to the website for opportunities at the Postal Service. On behalf of Matt Robinson, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy.